Welcome to Bass Talk with Hagen and Hayes. Today's topic is commissioning new music for double bass. So, Susan, can you tell me about your experiences of commissioning new music for double bass? Oh, I can. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm fine, Susan. Very well, thank you. Good. Um, I've had a whole mix of experiences um, with commissioning music. <laughs> the first thing I learned the hard way is it's not a rude question to ask someone the fee before you commit to having them write something for you. Um, because I've had some little surprises where some people I didn't think to ask and then the bill came in and it was huge and I was shocked and a little embarrassed and I forked over large sums of money. And, um, you know, it's, it's just good to know what someone mm. wants for it. Yes. And, you know, they want money for their time and their effort. And that's of course, fine. That's good. Um, but you don't want to be stuck with a $2,000 bill for a three minute piece and not have planned for that. Um, one of the other things is now the more pieces of commission, I like to have a little bit of input. Like I used to say, Oh, I liked your piece such and such. Will you write me a piece? And I did that twice with two different composers that warranted pieces I really didn't love. They weren't like mm. the piece I'd said I enjoyed. Um, so then I thought, oh, maybe it's my wording. So how about if I say, I liked such and such piece, would you write me a piece in that style? Mm. It got me closer to the results I wanted. Mm. <laughs> um, but I think there were probably, and I'm sure you've had many experiences with how to get a piece that you know you're going to enjoy um, and can't how hands-on can you be and how how hands-off and you've had it from both ends as a composer and as a performer tell me about some of your experiences yeah it, it's interesting it, I've been commissioning since since I was a student at the Royal College of Music in London mm -hmm. um, and then I, I just asked other composition students if they'd like to write a piece for us I played in a bass quartet Nice. Um, and we got some way out and wacky pieces, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> and it, it, some of them just unplayable or everything is on the E string. All four bases are playing on the E string. Um, so it, every, every commission is interesting because they're all different. Yeah. Some composers want a big fee. Some composers are happy just to write. Um, some composers are happy for input. Some composers don't want any input. Yeah. Um, it's so everyone is different. But I always say... If you're not sure, write it and send it to me. And then I can explain what works and what doesn't and why. Right. Um, which will hopefully um, give you an idea. A composer who's never written for bass before sent me a piece. She thought for a, a young bass player, you know, a beginner bass player. But it was really quite difficult. <laughs> it's everything that a young bass player doesn't do, jumping around. Oh, yeah. Um, and young bass players move by step. Right. You know, so it's really quite simple. So if you don't move by step, you're not into to beginner territory. It's right. it's 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 difficult. It's the thing I've always tried to do is is try to find the composers who've written good pieces before, who yes. have some understanding of what the bass is about. Because I think you're you have more opportunity of getting something that works. I've also had many pieces that don't work, right. many pieces that have never heard a bass before we had a, a bass quartet written by a czech composer really a very good czech composer and he wrote it and it, it was a, a a really very good piece but maybe not for bass quartet and we played it we played it at a big concert in london 
And he came off to the concert. And afterwards he said, if I'd heard a bass quartet before I wrote it, I would have written something different. Ah, and sometimes right. you wonder, why didn't they listen to something or ask you for pieces that they could listen to as reference? Yeah, sometimes I, I will, if they're not bass players, I'll send them examples of what's possible just to sort of open their eyes and ears. We, we, you and I have got a, a new piece by a, a composer um, and she uses this orchestration book by Gordon Jacob. Right. And and so it says the bass, you know, it doesn't go beyond maybe G octave or something like that. It's, yeah. it's a two octave range. So <laughs> a lot of her music is within that two octave range. But he's saying for orchestral, but I'm commissioning her to write for solo, yes. which is different. But she's she's really fantastic, and she'll allow me to to change things um, and make it more playable for bass because I like you, I know how to do that. Right, right. Hmm. I think that makes all the difference too. Is you know, there was a composer in Boston that had written this absolutely stunningly glorious choral piece mm. and there was an orchestral accompaniment and I had played it and I fell in love with the piece and so I talked to him afterwards I said I, I adore this piece would you write something for double bass and I thought well you know he'd written the orchestral bass part he must have some knowledge he gladly wrote me a piece mm. and it was written for an instrument that tunes in fifths and it was an Irish reel it wasn't a lyrical choral beautiful yes. thing i was expecting like some chords for the bass because we can't <laughs> yeah. play more than one note at a time and i was expecting lyrical mm. and i got this irish reel tuned in fifths and i looked at it and there was a huge bill for the piece and i thought what Isn't am it? i gonna do i've got to pay this and, and never play it and he wasn't like a in you can give me input type of person mm. so I paid the bill and the piece is still sitting on my shelf right to the left of where I'm sitting right now. You know, that's just reminded me. I, I commissioned one composer. He was a pianist composer and uh, he'd written this piece for solo bass. I would, I don't know, 50 double stops, 80 double stops mm. and 98% of them didn't work. <sighs> and it, it was one of those things. So, and I said, and he was so angry. I told him that he didn't. <laughs> so he then recomposed it, and I think suddenly this this three minute piece became a, a forty five second piece, you know, of eighteen notes or something like that. And so I, I paid him, and I I said I wasn't very happy, and I remember him saying, "I'm I've won competitions for my composition," mm. and I I felt like saying, "Well, you wouldn't have done for this one, mate." I'll tell you now. No, no. But it, it's you have to do some of the homework yourself as the yeah. composer. Yeah. You have to have some idea. You can't know everything because that's our job to know what works and what doesn't. Right, right. Now, as a composer, I know I've I commissioned even books of, of pieces mm. like the, mm. uh, the, when you did the collection of George, I call yes. it lovingly George in Europe, which is totally yeah. not the name of it, but I just get so excited that that's what I call it. And it's, you know, I had asked you, can you write pieces that are, well, I don't want my students to know because they're kind of etudes, but um, they're technically challenging pieces of music and it's nice because they're music. But now how do you deal when some lunatic like me says to you, can you write a series of pieces that are in, you know, what I call the danger zone, that area. Right oh, they, that they were really nice to write and it, it's nice to have um, parameters. It, it, it was a really nice commission. I enjoyed that one. Um, and once I'd worked out, it was George's Grand Tour. Yes. Um, so I'd got eight cities. Yeah. 
And so it just meant that each piece, I think I started in Prague actually with a, mm-hmm. a Czech Führer and something like that. If and I once I started, that was really good. But I tr- I think they remained in base clef. And the, yeah, the, you wanted them around fourth, fifth positions around, you said, the danger zone. Yep. Um, and I, I tried to make sure they were interesting to learn, but also interesting to play. I feel like um, each, interesting. One, each one yeah, captured I, I the taught, spirit taught, of the city. Yeah, I taught one the other night. I taught uh, George's Russian Romance. Oh, I love that. Which starts with double stops. Yes, it does. And they're not difficult, but they sound really impressive. They ring so beautifully because you yeah, know the bass. Because I know how to write for the bass. So I can make music for young players more interesting because I know what rings. So whereas a far greater composer than me would write a better piece but it won't probably won't work as well no i think these pieces work so well this collection of george's grand tour there's one problem with it Mm. is that it was so good that then i asked you to write a collection of pieces that were went through the danger zone into thumb position and then uh you wrote i had you write another one that was entirely in thumb position and then one that was all harmonics um so it's sort of like it just kept opening the door to me bugging you for more things yeah i really enjoyed scaling the heights because scaling the heights is danger zone to thumb position yeah in and out of thumb position yeah um and again once i'd worked out that was is it every major minor key? Was it 20 yes. pieces? I, yes, I think. it's 24, every major and minor. Yeah, and I tried to make sure that you had two pieces per page. Yep. So they're not too long, not too short, but hopefully interesting enough. And again, usually I found the title first. Mm. Um, but when I was writing, it was really fascinating because I, I, it was typical of, uh, of lots of things. When it's, it's a major key, you write happy music. And when it's a minor key, you write sad music. Yeah. And I, I found myself going down that path. So I decided to change it. You did. I, I wrote, was it B-flat minor? Yes. I think one of the happiest pieces I think I've ever written. Yes, it was absolutely. so funny. I, I really enjoyed <laughs> writing that. It, it was a nice collection. It was, it was interesting. And as I say, once I got the titles for each one, um, it, it, but I think that again, you've got scales and arpeggios and, and possible different fingerings, maybe up and down the string, sometimes across the string. Um, so there's always a a didactic element to the the music I write. And I like for this scaling the heights goes in and out of thumb position. Um, and I'll have a student who every now and then will cross over and stay in thumb position. I'm like, no, 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 that's the next book. That's aiming high. That you can keep entirely in thumb position, but scaling the heights, you can't. It's just not allowed by me. <laughs> I, I, I think they're not bad pieces. I think they're, they're quite nice teaching pieces. I'm I quite pleased with those. This, my students mm. love them. Um, mm. And so they're learning how to get around the fingerboard, how to get in and out of thumb position, which can be awkward physically. Mm. Um, and they're learning it with pieces that they're enjoying so that then when they get to a Bodicini or a Kuzovitsky or mm. anything where they have to be able to do that, I, I consider it like you have to be fluent in making those. I, I tried to write them as etudes, um, but hidden within the yeah. music. So they're, yeah. they're learning lots of things without them realizing they're learning lots of, yeah. of educational aspects of how to play the bass, how to, to move from position to position in and out of thumb position. Yeah, and I so, think so you've done it well. Because mm. I'll say to a student every now and then, I'm like, well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. 
this is a technical piece. It's like if you watch <laughs> ice skating competitions, this is the short program, but it's it's disguised because it's a beautiful piece. Mm. Um, but I think the trouble is when you do a really good commission, people are gonna come back and ask you for more. <laughs> Maybe that's not <laughs> nice. a bad thing. <laughs> what was the best commission you've ever made? Because I know you've commissioned lots of pieces. You know what, I'm partial to your music. Well, and kind. so I, I, I didn't have ask this... you for that reason. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I have this problem because every piece that you ever write for me, I'm always like, oh, this is my favorite piece. And then there's another piece. I'm like, this is my favorite piece. Um, I think that Rodrigo Mata, we've commissioned, mm. we've commissioned a piece that we're going to play yes. this coming April, mm. um, a solo piece. I'm really, I'm learning that one right now. And it's quite beautiful. It's inspired mm -hmm. by Kuzovitsky. Um, and it's a waltz and i'm trying to think of the name of it it's right here um somewhere <laughs> it'll come to me in a minute um but it's quite beautiful and um it's a lot of fun to play it's a prelude and waltz mm. and um the opening actually sounds like sibelius Wow, and in Rodrigo's typical style, it has, you know, harmonics and double stops where one note isn't a harmonic, um, which can be challenging, but really can be quite beautiful. Um, I've never commissioned anything. Well, we sort of have, but we're waiting on it still by Simone Garcia. Um, mm. But I know that I'm sure I will like it. <laughs> I know he's he's writing a piece for the two of us. When yeah. he, when he's, he's so busy though. So when he gets around to it, um, people like that, I feel like I don't need to give them too many parameters because like you, you're bass players. And mm. unless I have like, for you, I'll sometimes ask you to write things for my students because I have a specific need of things that I want to be able to teach. Um, I love, I love for my students to be able to tackle a technical problem before they learn a big piece that has it all over the place mm. um which is why these books i commissioned from you are just marvelous because then they go to play you know a standard piece mm. and they've already been in and out of them position for me the first time i came in and out of them position was the Eccles sonata yes you know, yeah, da, 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 da. and i'm like oh my god how do i do this <laughs> and it sounds jerky and awful um mm. and panicky but mm. if i teach your music first you're you know disguised etudes disguised as mm. beautiful music then when they go to do a piece like that they don't even have the experience i did when i learned the angles yeah. of your mm. panic <laughs> they've mm. already mastered how to do it um so i'm i'm afraid that when i don't commission bass players to write music for me i've in general had not ideal experiences <laughs> It's, um, yeah, it's it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. for many, the bass is just this unknown instrument, and they all all they know is the bass sitting in an orchestra. Yeah, and most yeah. the composers have no concept that we can do anything. Else. Yeah. I, I've worked with many many great composers. Tony Osborne, I worked with for about twenty five years. Right. And for the last twenty five years of Tony's life, almost everything he wrote for bass was commissioned from me. Mm. He he was an amazing chap. He really talented. I don't think he knew how talented he was. And it just music was it was just it was just there. When when Avidya Badilla died and suddenly age thirty-nine, um I, I heard about it on the Saturday and we had bass fest the following week. So I just phoned Tony and I said, I need a piece, Tony. Uh, it's for three basses for me, Meta and Teppo, Meta Hanskoff, Tepa yes. to play. We'd all been friends of a video. And I said the title is 
because uh, Tony was terrible with titles. I told him <laughs> uh, Threnody for a video. And by the next afternoon, he'd written it and faxed it through, the fax in those mm-hmm. days. And it's yeah. one of his best pieces. That's it's a beautiful unbelievable. piece. Yeah. And he wrote so many great pieces. And he was fantastic at writing for younger players as well, because yeah. he was a bass player and teacher. Right. And, you know, some of the quartets he's written, Pink Elephant and Habanera yeah. and Green Bass Blues, they're such great pieces that, you know, using a limited number of notes, but they they it's, they contain such great music and people love the Young bass players love playing them. Right. Really? Oh, yeah. In fact, I heard um, Pink Elephant. I taught that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it was more massed basses because mm. there, were, there were 12 of them doing it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who's this Tony Osborne guy? This piece is great. It's fun. And that was probably almost 20 years ago. Mm. And then um, when I met you, I was like, oh, that's who Tony Osborne is. Okay. And you would talk about him and tell me what good friends the two of mm. you were and all. And... Um, because of that, I've learned more of his music. And I mm. taught the Threnody last year to my trio at Berkeley, the Sunshine Trio. Um, they've all graduated since. And that was just a beautiful piece and very moving. Mm. He really captured I, the right. We were in the Czech Republic a few years ago at a, a base convention. And on the Sunday morning, we just a couple of teachers were sitting together talking. And, so, and suddenly I heard in the background this music start. Um, and it was um, some of the students just, I think they're rehearsing it. They're playing it later that day. And just the, the hairs on the back of my neck just stood up. It's wow. And just suddenly the emotions come back. You remember. And it's just such a powerful piece. And it's one of those pieces where you have to try and play your best. Mm. It, it's, a, it's a really great piece because it, there's something about it. It's Tony wrote lots of jazzy, fun pieces. He had that that great skill. But this yes. was the other side of Tony. Yeah. This was a side he didn't often write. Okay. Yeah, um, it was but it more was more introspective. There. Yes. I, I wish he'd written more of it. Yeah. Because he had so many skills. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was, and that's, it's amazing that, well, he was probably really moved mm. in that moment to write such a deep, peace you know and it was well he was, was the right time a good for friend, and he yeah. knew how how upset we were right. and he wanted to write his best piece for us which was, yeah. was so kind of him and we we premiered a, a week later we did a, a his bass fest and i think tony was then must have recorded it. and then months later i went around to visit him and he played the recording oh. and i was so surprised how how fantastic it sounded mm. it really was amazing yeah and in fact we did it with four of us um instead of three yeah it it worked so uh, peter leardan joined tepo on on bass three oh cool which was nice but it it was it's amazing and then so yeah to tepo how to aho and tepo and i both studied in prague with Frantisek poshta he was there in the 1960s i was there in the 80s Mm -hmm. and tepo and i were friends for I don't know, 25 years. And again, so many, he wrote so many pieces for me and my students. He was yes. absolutely amazing. And he, he just wrote always interesting music. Always, yeah. always. And he he wrote a, a bass quartet called Why. Um, and that was when a video died. And, you know, why did he die? Right. And it's the most powerful piece. And it's it's absolutely stunning piece. I did it with 
with my students at Wells. I had one year, I had three fantastic students. Mm. And we did a concert, the history of the bass quartet. And we did music by Alt and I think um, Lauber. Um, So they're from the 1930s and 40s. And then up to date, and we did Simon Garthia and we did Teppo. And the pupils, absolutely, they just lapped it up. And it's quite quite atonal, quite modern, but Mm -hmm. but really quite powerful. And it's it's nice. It's I'm so pleased to be part of so many of these great pieces. It's it's really it's quite a privilege privilege Mm -hmm. of of knowing Teppo, been such a great friend of Teppo's for so long, and and to commission so many pieces from him. Yeah. Well, you've commissioned so many pieces from so many people. You've kind of been at the heart of commissioning for a double bass in our time. No, I, I was inspired. One of my sec- second teacher, Lawrence Gray, mm. he was telling me about the Paris Conservatoire. And they used, because I, I, I studied the Edward Nanny Concerto with him. Okay. And he was telling me that they used to commission a piece every year for the uh, bass players who were going to graduate for their final recital. And uh, so, you know, over 60 years, there were 60 pieces or however many pieces there are. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a great idea. And then I, I read about Bert Turetsky and I saw that Bert had uh, commissioned 300 pieces and then Rodney Slatford was commissioning new pieces. Right. Um, and it it just inspired me to do the same. Yeah. And I started um, when I was at music college and I'd met Sarah then, Sarah and my wife was a singer. And Betty Rowe, an English composer, had written these jazz songs for soprano mm-hmm. and bass. And I found Betty's address. She lived in London. I just wrote to her. And I, this is what I said, would you uh, would you write some more songs for us? And I had no idea of, of how to pay for them or what, right. what you did. And we went for, I went one Sunday afternoon for afternoon tea with her and her husband. And uh, John was sort of the business side of things. And and he said, yeah, Betty, she'll write five songs and they're fifty pounds each. Oh, fantastic! Wow. Um, so that that was okay. At least I knew two hundred and fifty pounds as possible. Yeah. And then in the early days, I used to be a music copyist before computers. Mm-hmm. I had a very good hand. And then um, I would work for John, and I would typeset lots of Betty's music. Ah, nice. And so I'd, I would offset what he would pay me against what I owed owed Perfect. Betty. Perfect. And that so, it was, so great. It was a, yeah, it's a very good relationship. Um, and I just started compose, uh, commissioning. And I think we, it must be up to about 750 pieces now. Maybe and more. Now you're get you're doing the 40 at 40, right? For yes, music. that that's recital music is 38 years old this year, my publishing company. And mm-hmm. uh, so 2026 is, is our 40th anniversary. And I thought I should commission 40 pieces. Yeah. And um and I worked out because I started it about June last year. Mm-hmm. And by June 2026, give or take, that's 40 months. Right. And so it's, I'm commissioning sort of one a month. And I've commissioned 12 so far, and I think five have been completed. And the idea really is is aimed at younger players. That's great. Because I want now to... Um, to commission more music, the young as as I've written more pieces, the younger players, and I, I just want to commission more, because it's the the beginners who need more help. Right, and there's more of them too. It's yeah, it's not how it used to be. It's <laughs> right? there's you know? so many more young bass players, and I think that you know the the books, the collections that I used as a kid, mm. life was different. I mean. Uh, 
I feel like students were expecting practicing to be serious and not mm. necessarily always fun, although I enjoyed playing the bass. Sometimes the etudes I was learning, I knew they were kind of like taking my medicine. Didn't mm. love it, but I knew it was going to bring me to the desired mm. end. Um, but I think now it's okay to be entertained and enjoy practicing, you know, and I think for kids, if they don't enjoy it, they're not going to keep doing it. Mm. So I think it's nice to have, I, I say this to my younger students, it's nice to have a selection of options. Mm. Um, once in a while, a student will be like, you know what, I'm not enjoying this piece for whatever reason. More often than not, they were just having a bad week. They played it on a bad day and then they just didn't like it. And I, so I say to them, if you're not enjoying it, let me know. I'll swap it out for something different. Mm -hmm. I've got off the top of my head, I've got a dozen other options that I can mm -hmm. choose from for you. Um, and usually just them knowing that they're mm. fine with what I've selected for them. But once in a while, I had one student that would do it every week and finally was like, okay, this week you have to learn the piece I've assigned you the first time <laughs> just because I wanted to see if he could do it. Um, but he was one of those kids that always wanted to know all his options before he chose what to practice. But he also would learn all of them. He'd be like, I didn't like this one, but I learned it anyway. I really liked this one. I also learned it. I was like, well, okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, I think it's good for, for younger players to have options and not as much as, you know, I love this Amanda new method. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's still a great book. It's the one it I is. use. Yeah. But I think it's nice to supplement it with, I don't know, more enjoyable pieces too, which I didn't have. I would, it was like that and maybe a district audition piece that I had to learn mm. and that would be it. And that was always sort of, you know, a Vivaldi Sonata and Echo Sonata and a movement or two from those, which were good, but you're writing beautiful and fun things. And a lot of the music, um, the adventures of George, your first book mm. of those series of, you know, technique kind of focused pieces the kids are learning Coleno and Ponticello and harmonics and left hand pizzicato. And I have to tell you, people love it. I My know. students just love it. But it's it. quite easy because um, when you're writing for beginners, there are, you have a limited number of notes and rhythms and keys and things like, so you can introduce other things like that, which yeah. just add another element. It was interesting. Some of my students were playing um, Romeo and Juliet by Prokofiev. Oh, yep. And they, they came into my room, they're screaming with laughter. I said, what's, what's going on? And he said, we just had a rehearsal. And there was one bit where the cellos and basses have to play Sul Ponticello. Yeah. And he said, and we just knew exactly what to do. And the cellist hadn't got a clue. <laughs> and I, they were so pleased. I said, yes. It's true, me. though. 20 years ago, mm. bass players never knew those instructions until you encountered them in an orchestral piece, mm. right? And I love, how did you come up with the idea of just putting those in beginner pieces? I think just to, just to make it more interesting mm. um, and just to add another skill, because every, with, with the George piece, the dimensions of George, I wrote him a piece every week. This, this was during lockdown. So I, I would just, um, whatever lesson we've done, I would just at the end of the lesson, I would say, George, can you do this? And it could be Colenio or it could be a, a glissando or something. And yes, he could. Okay, so I'd, I'd write him a piece which next week included glissando or double stops or Colenio. Simple as that. And it, it's just, it's like harmonics. I, I like introducing them early. So they, they, they're not an issue. Yeah. 
I love that because mm. when I was learning, that was like, oh, you can only do that if you're a grown-up bass player. <laughs> and then when you finally got there, you felt, you know, maybe a level of accomplishment, but you also hadn't been doing it forever. So then all of a sudden it sounded bad in the beginning, right? Yeah. And you're like a better player and all of a sudden you can barely make the harmonics speak mm -hmm. the way you need to. I love that you incorporate those things and I feel like it gives a young player more colors on their palette right away that they can tap into and they enjoy it too. And you, you don't have much Colenio in Beethoven, I, that I admit. Um, <laughs> That's okay. But you do in the first movement from the planets. Exactly. Yeah. And you see, you have to be able to learn. And, you know, youth orchestras do play the planet suite now. They do. They do. You know, so and, mm. Oh, and how many kids just have their bows bouncing around like ricocheting <laughs> because they've never learned to control it. Exactly. You know? It's great. You, it's... Know, you know, I once recorded that. Mm -hmm. um, it was, a, I think it was a, a wind orchestra or something I, I was brought in to do it. So it's one bass. And we did Mars, and you know it's always the strings doing the colenio. Da, 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 mm -hmm. It was just me and the timpani. Oh wow! So and I had a microphone right in front of me, yeah. so you could hear every bounce of the vote. <laughs> and I was so relieved when we recorded it. And then on the next day of recording, you open the pad and everything's in order. Yeah. Um, and the first one was was Mars again. I thought, oh no! I, th I thought I got away with it. I, you know, like, <laughs> To try and get da 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 dum da 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 dum is quite difficult. Is is it about forty bars or forty measures? Oh, or? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a long time. It is. It is. But coming back to commissioning, yes. Um, my advice always is ask the composer if they want to write. Yeah. Um, some of them will be writing an opera, um, so they won't have time for anything. Right. And some of them will be interested. Uh, some of them will want too much money. Some will be. Happy to just write it for you if you can offer a performance. Um, but my advice is just ask if yeah, you I want. Think, I think it's always good to ask. It's like mm -hmm. ice cream. Try it. Try a new flavor. See if you like it. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when, when, I was, when I was first started playing the bass, we used a lot of transcriptions. And I, I have no problem with transcriptions because I, I think some of them are fantastic. And it's, it's why the bass has progressed so far. But I always felt as though we should have our own repertoire as well as transcriptions. Yes. Yeah, that, and you've was... done a lot of that. Mm. I've really enjoyed great. it. It's It's been one of the, the, the greatest pleasures of my life, commission and publishing, really. It's, it's great. And I'm grateful to you because you've commissioned and written so many pieces. <laughs> it's because of you that we have probably a thousand extra pieces that wouldn't have existed, you know? It's, well, it's, it's, it's really nice. Exciting. I've enjoyed it. And also with recital music, bringing music into print, yeah. which had remained in manuscript. Right. It's nice to the music by Rudolf Tulacek or Wojta Kukinka. These right. pieces had never been published. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed creating new editions. Yeah. Uh, and it just means they're there for future generations if they want them. If they don't, I've still enjoyed doing it. Yeah. It's great. Well, I think I think wrapping it up commission go for it everybody should ask Definitely. away you know and i think yeah. it's it's great and it's fun because who knows what you're going to get could be great yeah exactly well thank you everyone for listening to season two of bass talk with hagen and hayes like and subscribe um and i want to thank you to our sponsor gracegallerydesign.net for all of your gift giving needs and um 
any other sponsors that are interested, let us know. We look forward to seeing you and talking to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.